0: Welcome to Real Talk for the Nonprofit Event Pro, powered by Beyond, where we dive heart first into all things events in the nonprofit world. Hi, I'm Amy Milne, your host and CEO of Beyond and the Nonprofit Event Collective, where we believe that your events matter. You're not just hosting an event, you're inviting people to join you in changing the world. We're here to talk tricks of the trade and share tales from the trenches so you can produce epic events that inspire participants, raise more money, and change lives. Let's dive in. I am beyond thrilled to welcome Jen Garden, Chapter Director, Make-A-Wish Canada, to Real Talk for the Nonprofit Event Pro podcast today. Jen is a passionate fundraiser, relationship builder, and an all-round good human. She's worked in the nonprofit sector for almost two decades, and she is the real deal. She cares deeply about the people she serves, the clients, her partners, and colleagues. Every human that meets Jen is a lucky one. She's a street shooter and someone I am grateful to call a friend and colleague. She is a past camp beyond camper and is here today on the show to get real with me on all the things. Jen, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here.
0: I'm so excited because it's been a while. And I just said, as we popped on was one of the nice things is is when I get, when I get to have guests on this show that I know and that we have a history together and that it's been a while since we've caught up. We always get this, you know, a few minutes before. And so we've already had a lot of fun. So we're going to bring that right into this call. <laughs> yeah. Not only are you someone amazing that you're going to tell everybody about, but you're a past camp beyond camper. And we were talking about our ducks even to begin with. So yeah. I love that you still have your duck. So <laughs> we'll just go into that. So not you're not a duck or a duck keeper. You are Jen who works at Make-A-Wish.
1: So tell me all about you. I'm the chapter director for Northern Alberta for Make-A-Wish Canada. I've been with Make-A-Wish for nine years, which is fabulous. It's a great place to sort of hone and have a home in fundraising with Make-A-Wish because our mission is pretty fa- fabulous. But I've been in the nonprofit space professionally for almost 15 years and somehow along the way decided that this is the career path and... Someone said it was a good idea.
0: <laughs> 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 On some days it is, yes. <laughs> some days
1: it's great and some days you just go, why? But over the last ooh, three years, I've really sort of focused to be the best sort of fund development and nonprofit employee that I can be. I achieved my CFRE designation in November of 2021 and then went why do I stop there? And let's pursue a master's at the same time.
0: Oh, amazing.
1: great. So I am pursuing a master's in philanthropy and nonprofit leadership through Carleton University. In the downtime, that doesn't exist.
0: (laughs) Right. Because you went from literally what I love about your career. I mean, well, one, you worked for the Christmas Bureau of Edmonton, which just like, I feel like we could talk about that forever. I think that's so cool. But you started with Make-A-Wish as a a development and events coordinator, and now you're running a chapter. And so what has that, what has it been like? Like you have grown, I mean, as much as you've been in the the field for many years, longer than you've been at Make-A-Wish, but you literally started on the, at the bottom and you're now at the Mm -hmm. top. So what is, what's that journey like for you in one organization or what's it been like?
1: Some days it feels very quick and some days it feels very long. <laughs> but no, I, as you said, I started as a development and events coordinator when I was moving back up to Edmonton. My husband was in the military for almost a decade. We got posted up to Edmonton. I was on, I think, month three of my first maternity leave and didn't really know what the market was going to look like in Edmonton. Started looking about what what could be there and the, the position with Make-A-Wish was posted. And as I looked at what was required at that position in terms of event coordination, I quickly realized I wouldn't have to lie on my resume, <laughs> that, <laughs> that I could do all those things. So I applied and, you know, being so early in my maternity leave with my oldest, my husband was very encouraging and said, well, it doesn't hurt to apply. It doesn't hurt to go on the interview. And then it was, it doesn't hurt to take the job. <laughs> and so juggling being a new parent and sort of a new nonprofit space because I came from the theater industry mm-hmm. was very interesting but like I said our mission at make a wish is so very magical and fulfilling that it quickly became my passion mm-hmm. in terms of what we do and why we do it it fuels my every cell because wishes are just so important to these kids stories to hopefully get them on the path of healing and then over time so I was a officer or a coordinator for about I want to say six years and in that time really growing as an event coordinator and as a donor relations sort of person learning about what is fundraising really what does it all look like what does it all mean and as I've gone through that process I love events I always have so much fun at them even at the tail end when you're just like, why are we doing this?
0: And then you go. (laughs) Is that (laughs) the tail end or is that day one of planning? Like really, it could be any Depends
1: on the day. (laughs) It's, you know, you can see how much an uh, event impacts the public and the community. But what I realized in my time is I love talking to donors. As much as I love our mission and what we do, it's the people that allow us to do what we do that also fuels me. I love talking to them and finding out their why and sharing stories with them to show them what it is that, yes, they may have written a check for $500, but that meant this could happen. And that, you know, every donor is part of every wish story because mm-hmm. every wish requires the community to come and rally around it in some way, shape, or form. So our donors, whether that's $5 or $500,000, mm-hmm. they're, they're the ones that are allowing us to book all of those trips Right. And purchase all of those things and mm-hmm. making every every moment count. So coordinator for six years and then Make A Wish actually went through a really interesting organizational shift in the fall of 2019. We announced that Make a Wish Canada and Children's Wish Foundation of Canada merged to be one main wish granting mm. machine. And then all of the sub all the chapters of Make a Wish, which were separate charities. On their own, mm-hmm. we all merged into one, and now we are a national organization. We are no longer a federated organization.
0: That's so exciting! It's, do you love that? Everybody loves that.
1: It's it was a journey, but it's for the better. Like yeah. we we can. The idea was to reach more kids faster. No one expected the world to catch on fire the way it did right. in 2020. Right. So that did right. sort of put a pause in some of those movements, but it gave us a chance to kind of sit back we were still very much granting wishes during that entire time, but a lot, of, we were able to sort of take back and take it in and, and really shape the organization in that sort of lower time, the way that we needed it to go. And, you know, we're back up to granting pre pandemic wish numbers. We're granting the, wish the same wishes that we were able to grant previously because travel wasn't allowed for a while. Right. And then we were able to do North American travel and then this past April, we were able to announce that international travel was back. So the machine is very much running. So during the first little bit of the merge, I was still a coordinator, sort of may foster, continue to foster those relationships, show people that we were still granting wishes during that time, mm-hmm. and how we were doing it in, sa- in a safe way. And then as the organization shifted and and grew, there was a conversation. Had by myself and my direct supervisor, and the lovely news of becoming a manager was bestowed (laughs) on me. And it looked a lot similar to what I was currently doing, with just a little bit more. (laughs) (laughs) A little bit Uh, more of all the things. (laughs) A little bit more responsibility, a little bit more sort of the wheelhouse got bigger. Mm -hmm. And then in October of last year, just before October, the organization saw a need for because of the way it was organized, a need for chapter directors, the different offices, because we weren't separate or organizations like we used to be. Right. But there needed to be someone on the ground in each of those chapter offices to run operations and create the budget and do all the heavy lifting in different areas. Right. And again, that decision was lovely and bestowed upon me. And I'm very, very grateful. It it showed a lot of trust and promise from the organization to me. And, you know, when you you don't hear of a lot of people sort of making it through the ranks, you hear a lot of job hopping to get to to level up in your career. So to be able to do all of that in one place is lovely. And you bring a lot of historical knowledge into the the role that you have. and And also there's continuity with some of those donors as well. And you know, they've been on the journey with me and they're all very congratulatory and they some of them are going, I understand that you can't be ours anymore. And <laughs> you know, I have to I yeah. have to release the relationship to someone else on my team. That. But it's still very much around and now I get to steward them in a different way. I get to just attend sometimes yeah. <laughs> instead of totally. do all the the moving parts. So my career journey with Mega Wish is just dreamy and I've loved every moment of it.
0: Well, and it says a lot about you, Jen, as a person as well, because I know you to be a a constant learner, right? Like you started this with getting your designation, then you're getting a master. So you'd haven't just, you know, well, there's sometimes, and and there's nothing, there's no right or wrong if you stayed in an organization forever, but there's a, for sure. there's sometimes people who just, who move around and it might be in seniority or what have you. But the one thing is that I would say, to your credit. And obviously as you've grown and and moved through the ranks significantly is that you continue to learn and grow, not just in your organization, but in this sector. Mm -hmm. And I just think that is so vitally important because it's not just, Oh, it's a new day. And I've got a bigger job and responsibility. It's like, you've learned new skills, you've networked with new people, you've leveled up who you are when you show up as a person not just as an employee. And mm-hmm. that's really commendable. And I would say that is what, you know, adds to being a great leader inside, at any rate, but inside an organization you've been at for a long time. Mm-hmm. Because I wear you a lot more suits. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. You've got some fancy letters, but I think, you know, but it's, but that just shows you're not just interested in investing in the organization, you're investing in yourself, which then is a is is an even better payoff for the organization. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's huge. I think that's yeah. huge. You should be really proud of yourself.
1: Yeah. I think people need to find those opportunities for themselves, whether their mm-hmm. organization covers the cost or part of the cost yeah. or whatever it might be or not. I think if you're wanting to be in this industry, because you want to change the world and you want to do it for the better, I think you need to find those opportunities for yourself whether it's a webinar or joining your local fundraising chapter or Mm -hmm. whatever it might be I think people need to make the time I know it's difficult Mm -hmm. I know it's hard but you learn a lot from your peers in different organizations and you Mm -hmm. get some really great ideas when you when you go through any process of Mm -hmm. higher higher learning whether it's formal higher learning, or just what you're able to do in your spare time through wonderful podcasts like yours, or, (laughs) or, you know, you're, you're on the different nonprofit sort of education websites.
0: It's important. It's so important. And this was one of the reasons, thank you for the shout out, but it was one of the reasons why I wanted to do this podcast was to show that we are a sharing community because often Well, often for the event side, we don't often, we haven't always been invited to the table. You know, I even going to like global conferences, sometimes there's one or two event event speakers speakers and partnership (laughs) speakers versus like all the others. And so, you know, I've only met generous people in my career and part of, you know, every one of my guests that have been on so far, people that I've met who are like, hey, we just want to make this this industry better. We want to share our stories. We want to, you know, help the folks that are are just joining us in this sector because we're truly, especially those of us who have been around as long as we have like that, like yourself, like that is some passion and dedication because this sector can hurt your head and hurt your heart, not just because of the causes we fight, but because we often live in lack as a sector Mm -hmm. versus abundance, you know, mindset sometimes. And that that can take a toll.
1: Yeah. It's a, it feels like it's a constant fight when it doesn't necessarily always need to be I like the other nonprofit organizations in your community are not your competitor yes we're all competing for the same dollars but you know if you look at it from a different angle of we're all just trying to make the world better through yeah. the different missions that we serve totally there's there's ways to to work together there's there's ways to idea share there's a there's ways to just vent to each other.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh, why do we do this? Why do we with those board members, those board members? (laughs) (laughs) They're good people, but honestly, (laughs) (laughs) but I think, you know, you've done some interesting work in the partnership space. So do you know, talk about that? Because I think what you've just said is, you know, I mean, we're all fighting for dollars and I think there's enough dollars to go around and it's just how we do it. And there's power in numbers and there's power in partnership. And I know that this is something you're incredibly passionate about. So talk to me a little bit about some of the partnerships and let's start with actually partnering with other charities, not the the obvious ones because people are like, yeah, it's Make-A-Wish. Everybody helps Make-A-Wish and Disney and that, which is, you know, we can talk about that corporately, but... You you and your organization have been doing some really neat things with actually partnering with other nonprofits. So talk to me about yeah. that.
1: So there's from a fundraising perspective and it's also from a mission perspective that we partner with other organizations. Another. From a mission perspective, sometimes wishes, they're so unique and they're so special. On a constant basis, make a wish globally when we send a child to Orlando for their Florida theme park wish. We partner with a, another nonprofit organization called Give Kids the World, which is essentially a resort built on the premise of serving families with medically fragile children. And you can only stay there if you're on a wish. There are other wish-granting organizations in the world, so they have access to this organization as well. But, it, you know, that's where they stay. This is, it's almost like an all-inclusive in of Ooh. itself that that we work with so we do we do pay but right. it's a it's a reduced rate based on if you're looking at other hotels in the area right plus they are also very understanding to that family's plight mm-hmm. you know the the pool area that they have is wheelchair accessible wheelchair accessible and they have wheel pool wheelchairs they have theme days every day to make the days extra special for the kids they have their own mascots that tuck kids in at night they have which is really interesting they have both coke and pepsi machines like fountain pops because depending on where you're from it's very particular i had the i had the absolute pleasure of going to this facility this organization this past summer when we sent 40 wish families on their disney wish at once on one plane (laughs) <laughs> and oh my yeah. gosh i can just i like just got goosebumps yeah i can't the, imagine what that would have felt like i went the day ahead but i heard that the plane was loud
0: <laughs> but just even like what a hopeful like overwhelming oh my gosh yes yeah. because been- it was
1: this year it was make a wish canada's 40th anniversary so what better way than to tell and celebrate with right. 40 families at our most popular wish sort of destination Uh so we partner with give kids the world in that respect and then just this past weekend locally we had a young lady from northern alberta her wish was to feed and clothe the less fortunate her wish was to give back and to give back is a a, an official wish category over, over the last few years so we worked with a the hope mission here in edmonton to facilitate her wish which was so lovely and they 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 really embraced her as well as all the things that we were trying to do together with that particular wish. And we've done other wishes to work with other, or other nonprofits at the same time right. t- at, at different times, like the humane societies or to clean the ocean or to dig wells in Africa or whatever it might be. Cause these kids are just so incredibly selfless and right. you know, better people than I truly. Right. So we've, we've worked with lots of other nonprofits in, in our mission space from a fundraising perspective, locally here in Edmonton, we have had a long, long partnership history with our local children's hospital. For many years, there was a big pink head shave that benefited both organizations. At one point, Ronald McDonald House was in there as well. But we jointly looked at that event, looked after that event. One organization every few years that kind of would swap would have a project manager who would do all the the big mapping, like but like the, that, right? the two organizations would share the load equally in terms of marketing communications, logistics, mm-hmm. all of the elements were shared equally, which was lovely. And then all of the funds, all the 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 net profit was shared equally as well. That event raised many millions of dollars over the years. The two years that I was fortunate to have run it, it raised one point four and $1.3 million, respectively, as a total, not to each yeah. organization, but it was, right. that totally. was split. And then when that event left our portfolio, collectively, we looked at each other, both the, the Children's Hospital and Make-A-Wish looked at each other and went, we still have so much more good to do because their kids are our kids and our kids are their kids. It only right. makes sense to continue to try to find a way to work together, so we developed a indoor bike-a-thon, like a stationary spin bike sort of bike-a-thon cool. that we hosted in downtown Edmonton for a couple of years. And then unfortunately the pandemic hit and in our third year of running that event, and we were one of the first ones out of the gate trying to figure out how to do that virtually. And yeah. we so the event was supposed to be initially like March seventeenth or eighteenth. And by April 25th, right, we were we had shifted and pivoted to a online version of whatever we could, because no one right. knew how long that was going to last. <laughs> or you know, that, <laughs> that two weeks lasted a lot longer. So we continued to partner together. And then, you know, as we went through our own sort of organizational shifts, as I mentioned with the merge, and yeah. they've had their own sort of organizational changes, we sort of have a pause right now. Mm-hmm. But I've had many conversations with the, the CEO that the, the, the children's hospital and it's still very much on the table it's just a matter of timing and the what when it's when it makes sense just right now as we all sort of continue to come out of this space and kind of get going again just let's get stable first let's all get stable back into the, the the new normal that we all are living in and then we'll we'll look at what's down the road but you know partnering with another charity just made sense like I said their kids are our kids and our kids are their kids yeah. so why not work together to fund the programs that we're both doing to benefit those kids and those families and and see what what works you know yeah. like they have talented event fundraising staff and we have talented event mm-hmm. fundraising staff we've had some really great ideas over the year this is where we landed but to be able to elevate both of our brands within our communities and show that we do work together mm-hmm. Is really important.
0: Well, and what you said is so is is vital to this, which is I think is lost in the business up until now. And you know, it's going to take changemakers like yourself and the Children's Hospital to continue to show this. Is that your customer is their customer, and vice versa. We mm-hmm. tend in this sector not to be as customer centric. And, and they are customers. And, you know, we're talking to each other as professionals here. I've, I've cried almost in this podcast, listening to what you do and many others. Like we all feel for the work that we do on different levels for different reasons. Our, our, our clients are the people that benefit from us, our customers. Mm-hmm. And we're not always thinking of our customer first. And a, and, and, and we put our own customer in the middle of our own perceived competition, right? Like Mm -hmm. I always say when I'm on stage, there's four banks in every corner. No one's going broke. There's coffee shops that are independent and corporately and they're they're still open. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and they offer their customers different experiences in different opportunities, Mm -hmm. but they still live in the same community together. And I'm not saying Starbucks necessarily works really closely with the mom and pop shop down the road, but... They don't necessarily need to for their customer, but we, I think in this sector, and I include myself in it, it is, we owe it to our customer because our client, our customer is going to the children's hospital, is Mm -hmm. going possibly to the kids' cancer charity. If that is their, you know, Mm -hmm. they start there and then they're offshoot here and then they're in a place of a wish. Like they're, they need a multidisciplinary team. Yeah. of our expertise to make yeah. their lives better
1: when we were with the children's hospital you know we would sort of look at it as the the hospital looks after the body and make mm-hmm. wish looks after the soul you know in a in a That's way so of, powerful you know and when when rmh was part of it as well they they look after the family like mm-hmm. there's a in, in our space a sick children is not just a singular entity it is their family it is their care team it is you know children's hospitals are not on every corner they're not in every community no. they are in those major regions but you know we have kids coming down from Yellowknife to be treated mm-hmm. here in Edmonton mm-hmm. well where are they going to stay how are they going to how are they going to survive that split from their family right. so all of these layers in terms of how we care for these families these are all different organizations so why not work together to fund our missions right so that we all do better so that we all take care of these kids to the best of our abilities so when i look at potential opportunities with like make a wish mm-hmm. you know it could be the children's hospital so it could be you know bc children's it could be sick kids it could be mm-hmm. alberta children's but it could also be pogo I mm-hmm. love the event. I love the event that you talk about with Hawaii. Oh,
0: our pajama party.
1: I want it so bad. It could be kids' cancer care. It could be the Cystic Fibrosis Foundation of Canada. It could be the Canadian Transplant Association. It could be the Rare Disease Foundation. Like these kids don't just have a singular disease. For in terms of the Make a Wish scope of it all, like mm-hmm. we we care for these children that have all these very unique conditions that mm-hmm. are all opportunities for us to move both of our missions forward. Mm-hmm. in some way also with like our Ronald McDonald house. So if you look at a community that has, you know, holiday-based charities, if one does a hamper program and one mm-hmm. does a toy program, mm-hmm. that's a natural fit mm-hmm. to me. You know, there's there's lots of opportunities to see how it fits together. How do you fit in terms of the cycle of a of your client? Mm-hmm. You know, where do you fit in the journey? Those are those could be natural partnerships. There are definitely partnerships out there that don't seem to (laughs) mesh.
0: For sure, for sure. But if you you were, yeah, totally. So if you were, you know, I'm sure, but like, I know people are listening and it was one of the biggest feedbacks I had from some feedback I got from an earlier guest, my friend Rick Kelly, who was talking about say Detroit and they, their kids charity and they partner with a lot of different charities as well. And you're on this, how do you even start that conversation? Like I'm going, oh my God, Jen, this is a great idea, but, You know, but everybody's told me forever that you can't talk to another charity. You can't ask this question. It's never going to work. Like we add all this story to things before. Where do you start with that? I think you
1: need leadership buy-in. You need to show, at least from your organization, the leadership of why this would make sense. Mm -hmm. Sort of taking the combative helmets off for a Mm -hmm. minute and then the conversation between the other organizations sort of has to have it happen at that similar level. So CEO to CEO, CEO to ED, mm-hmm. those sort of things. And and you have to have a little bit of proof. So if you have like other examples that are in your market that kind of work, mm-hmm. that's a, a good way to look at it.
0: Well, that's huge because people are always looking for proof. And I think, you know, when you talk about the event being, I, I think, you know, where you and I were talking off camera about sometimes how events get bad rap, and you know, this is you and I have been in the sector for a long time, and we believe in events that make sense and matter. An event seems like a great place to start as a yeah. as a great entry point for folks because you can have. Well, it gets a bit blurry, and but it doesn't have to. You don't have to kill it like the how doesn't matter right off. But you can have a clear budget for an event. You can yeah. have a clear like. To me, there's some clarity in building an event together as a yeah. great starting point
1: and and both organizations need to come at it from a open heart mm-hmm. and an open mind because you know one organization may be very gala heavy and that's not sort of the other organization's wheelhouse, so mm-hmm. you have to be wanting to listen and learn from each other so yes, you could put it put a budget together of this is sort of the max that we're both willing to put into this and what Mm -hmm. can we do with that Mm -hmm. and have your have your 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 teams come together in a brainstorming idea Mm -hmm. you know we came up with a a a cyclothon Mm -hmm. a -a bike-a-thon sort of idea and it worked well for us but we see other things in the market like it doesn't have to be fitness-based it could be right you know Food based. Everyone yep. likes food.
0: That works really, really <laughs> sure well. Yep.
1: Uh, so like you look at what makes sense in your market. What what yep. how would you stand out in your market? I mean, we're already trying to do that, you know, individually with yeah. our organizations of what's what's gonna attract people to us, mm-hmm. but what, what can you do together? And Shared you know, resource. when if we show the community that we work together really well, it builds trust mm-hmm. and those relationships with our community jointly. And it also brings some of their, your, the other organization's donor base to you and yours to theirs. So you have to mm-hmm. be willing to have that bit of a share.
0: Yeah.
1: And some, obviously, contracts are a big thing.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Make sure, you're gonna legal, have it. Sees Make sure legal sees this. Make sure legal sees this. It needs to be on board.
1: And everything does have to be spelled out, like in terms of, of efforts as how Holy. funds are going to be dispersed and who's, you know, not every platform out there can do a split receipt too. Mm -hmm. So if I I donated $20 to this event, 10 and 10 are going to be receipted from the different organizations. There are some platforms that can do that, Mm -hmm. but lots don't. So you have to have that idea of who's going to take all the money in, Mm -hmm. pay for the expenses, make sure everyone's on board with the expenses are going to be. And then you know the the collecting organization can then Mm -hmm. write a check to the qualified donee of the other organization and be able to do it that way. You and all all the finance people also need to be very happy in
0: all this. <laughs> so, yeah, and outside of all of like the how and the thing, it's like what you've basically said is that it's possible. And it if it's and if it's and in what you've seen and what you're passionate about, making sure it happens again and again is that it worked. The benefit far outweighs the effort. It doesn't necessarily always feel like that, but in the end, it outweighs the effort, and then it actually does better for the client in which we are trying to serve yeah. and make their lives better.
1: Yeah. And then you'd develop these really, really interesting working relationships with similar like-minded organizations mm-hmm. and those individuals and your network gets deeper. And, you know, yeah. when they think of, like there's some fringe, <laughs> there's always fringe benefits to everything, which is, yeah. fun, which is fun. You know, there's some of, the, some of the benefits are you are learning, your staff is learning from the expertise of their organization. And if they're a bigger machine... That's really helpful. If they're a smaller machine, well, you get to see how you can create those really intimate sort of Mm -hmm. relationships with different donors. You play to each other's Mm -hmm. strengths in the organization, in the community. And then from a professional standpoint, you might get invited to some of their events. And then you get to learn some more or you just deepen those relationships. is really, really important, which is what we're all trying to do. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, it isn't without its challenges. For but sure. I think, to me, I think that the challenges or the the benefits outweigh the challenges overall. Yeah. But I the I think the key thing to avoiding those challenges is just communication, lots and lots right. over communication. It's gonna it's gonna be annoying, right? How often that you right. have these touch points, especially if you're going along the way of of planning a, a joint event together,
0: right? But I think, but what you've also shared is don't not do it because you're afraid of the work, yeah, and and you know, you're creating a new path and a new opportunity for this sector in sharing this story and, in, sh- in, in you know, in terms of the good, the bad, and the ugly, because there was a ton of good that came out of it. It's, you know, it's doing things differently. Mm-hmm. We can't, you know, you and I are definitely those people that aren't interested in doing the things the way they've always been done to get the same results. Like, it's just not, I mean, the world around us is going back to what like, is going back, and to me, backwards just isn't even a, a, a way to go. <laughs> like, like I like the backup camera. Like, I don't want it. I want to just go forward. You know, the past, you can't touch it, you can't feel it, you can only go forward. And I mm-hmm. think that the future of fundraising for it to be meaningful to ourselves as workers, but and colleagues and friends and and in this space and for our donor for everybody is that we need to be coming at it with more of a customer centric lens and to be looking at our our customer and our client and who they are and. How, you know, you talked about, you know, also working with the Humane Society and all these other people, like people have dogs, like we're not just, we're not just the illness, we're not just the place in which we get served, we're not just the place in which we eat or sleep, we are an entire unit with multiple needs. And if our nonprofits, and you're leading the way for us, if our nonprofits are looking at people as a whole, that benefit to me in time is huge huge for all mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's pretty special yeah
1: it's all all we can do is change the world
0: i like it yeah let's do it and you're doing yeah. it yeah. i i love it drop the mic all we can do is be better than we were yesterday i mean we mentioned i mentioned ducks at the beginning people probably like, what does the ducks mean and so <laughs> and i just think of you when you just said that is like you shared with me that you had your duck still from camp and i give ducks to all my team and when we kick off camp beyond everybody gets a duck and it it's a thing in the event space where you know you're calm cool and collected on the on the on the surface and underneath your feet are going like crazy and you know you share that you have the 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 duck in the combat gear and I have a princess one which is kind of funny because I I I don't see myself as a princess whatsoever but others may have an opinion on that but for me you were like yeah because I like things like organized and whatever and I was like no because the way I envisioned it for you, knowing you, is that you're here to like literally fight the good fight and change the world. So, to me, you picked the right duck for all the reasons. <laughs> so, tell me before we jump off and go mm-hmm. change the world some more, what are you reading right now or listening to?
1: A lot of research papers. <laughs> <laughs> my my very limited spare time is filled with university courses
0: currently okay. for that master's program. Yeah, so that. In that, like, so, what what are you what are you listening to that's interesting? There,
1: the current course I was just finishing is a research methods course. So, how okay. we do research in the nonprofit space, you know, whether it's organizational or doing research to see if your donor base is as diverse as your community is, oh. those sorts of things, and how we conduct research with the different lenses. So, we are ensuring that we are hearing all the voices that need to be heard right. through through the work that we're doing. So that program, I'm sh- doing it very part-time, should be done by December of 2025, if all Perfect. goes well.
0: Great. Yay. We'll check back in with
1: you next year and see how it works. <laughs> <went. laughs> and then I listen to your podcast, of course, and okay. for entertainment, I use I listen to some true crime
0: podcasts. Yeah, we were talking about our true crime. Yep. Have, you listen- have you listened to Scamanda yet?
1: I have not. I listen to the Canadian true crime because I-, I love okay. hearing stories of intrigue from our our own nation and there's yes. been some really interesting ones of you know like the great maple syrup heist
0: which was very Canadian one I need to listen to that I mean, one mm-hmm.
1: and other than that it's whatever my children have on in the background right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> see my children listen to everything on have bones now so there's no background anymore but Scamanda is one actually the podcast that'll drop ahead of the because we're talking in the new art this podcast will drop in the new year but Scamanda is interesting because it actually has a nonprofit lens to it. But it is it is ridiculous. Like Ooh. it is so crazy good. Anyone I told about it has have literally said, like, that's not very nice of you, Amy, because now I can't do anything but listen to Scamanda. <laughs> so there we go. So in the new year, when when you're not when you're busy studying, you're like, oh, but there's this other thing. But anyways. <laughs> I adore you. I have since the moment I met you. I am so grateful you came to Camp Beyond and we got to invest time together in person. I love watching what you're doing in the world. I think you're an incredible human being. And I am so grateful you gave me your time today. So mm-hmm. thank you. Thank you. And if other people want to get to know you, because I get to, how can, where can they find you?
1: Definitely on the LinkedIn's, mm-hmm. Jen Garden. And then if you want to get a hold of me at Makeaway, it's J-E-N g-a-r-d-e-n at makeawish.ca and happy to reach out i love learning from other people of connecting and seeing what what we can do together yeah
0: i love that we'll make sure we put that all in the show notes so people can easily find you and click and get a hold of you so thank you again and yeah let's just do 2024 and see what happens i'm so excited (laughs) well Thanks so much for listening and doing good in the world. We see you. We can't wait for you to join us next time when we hear from another good human who will share their story along with tips and tricks that will help you execute extraordinary events that are sure to have a lasting impact on your participants, beneficiaries, donors, and colleagues. Make sure you follow Real Talk for the Nonprofit Event Pro wherever you listen to podcasts. And don't forget to rate and review the show so other nonprofit event pros just like you can find our podcast so they too can create events that matter. Tune in next week to laugh, cry, cry and cheer with us on another episode of Real Talk for the Nonprofit Event Pro. See you soon. Hey, good human. Are you hitting roadblocks with your events and marketing and need a bit of help to take it to the next level? We've got you. Sign up for a monthly hot seat coaching where we will answer your questions live on the podcast that's right you'll get to join me amy milne and my colleague lisa cohen right here on real talk for the nonprofit event pro podcast and we will share our expertise to help you with your specific questions sound good great fill out the quick form by following the link in the show notes and we'll take it from there we're stoked to have you on the podcast good human listener to guide you through your current challenges keep it real